0: <laughs> which we'll explain in a little bit. A dimly lit mine's a dimly lit room. Joe' bedroom. Joe's bedroom looks fairly brightly lit, etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. We'll explain like I said. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Uh, you know, over there, or right over there.
1: The uh, you know the elephant, the elephant in the room, the,
0: the big elephant in the room. Yep. What's okay? There's probably several elephants in the room. So that which element uh, are we referring to? The senility of the president.
1: Oh, oh gosh! Which is now like the uh, proverbial uh, proverbial elephant. Uh, it's being discussed finally, openly.
0: Yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Uh, crank up the music, Michael. It's an information party that we're enjoying here. Everybody <laughs> likes to party on a Monday. On a Monday, you you know, kick off your Monday with a party. If you do, you probably need it. A 12-step program? Yeah, probably. So, why are we broadcasting from our bedrooms? Well, we're almost out of August of 2021. This whole freaking mess started in America in about March of 2020. Started in China in September of 2019, though they kept it a secret. But here we are late august of 2021 and we have been exposed to covid and may have it so we're broadcasting from home i didn't know when this all started and we started to see you broadcast at home from home for a while like early 2020 but i thought we were way done with that way done with that and um like my son uh, my oldest son starts school today i am more Way more concerned that they're not going to be able to pull off the school year this year than I was last year, which is weird. Last year, I was completely 100 percent confident they were going to be fine. And they were uh, and, the school. And I think he went that to, was reasonable to demand uh, last yeah, year. Yeah. The school he went to, they were they met in person. And, uh, and there was a case here and there spread around an entire campus in all grades. But school kept on. Everything was fine. No disruptions whatsoever. It was like a regular school year. You just wore masks um, this year. I just don't see how there's a chance in hell that it doesn't get disrupted. I mean, for instance, if I were to test positive, because I haven't gotten tested yet. I was exposed, but I haven't tested. But if I test positive and I was back to school shopping with my son, driving around in the car over the weekend, then we got to report that to the school, which means he's got to quarantine and everybody he was around has got to quarantine. I mean, and it just snowballs so fast that. I, I don't I don't know how schools are possibly going to stay in session. I hope they do, but I don't know how it's going to happen. Well and there's
1: so much clickbait and so much sensationalism I realize that but some of the reports from the children's hospitals in various parts of America say that they had you know three cases last year uh, you know and a given day and now they have 20 of, of pediatric really sick kids.
0: God, I got to dig it up. I saw one of my favorite journalists did a checklist for every story you hear about COVID, and it was like three things you need to do, and it was fantastic. One, is this true or false? So you got to start there. Is the information you just heard true or not? Then two, is it uh, misleading or not? Is it positioned in such a way that it's not while true, it's not accurate. And three, does it have any implications for you or is it specific to that particular, you know, age group, health group? Part of the country. And you have sure. to go through Is all... it the,
1: the one example of that in the entire country that would never explain that to you?
0: Yeah, so you got to go through all of those things, every tidbit you hear about COVID. Yeah. Uh, not everybody does. I was at the park yesterday. This was unbelievable. And then I gotta, I'll, I'll save my homeless rant for later because there was a uh, screaming at himself, all agitated, looking scary homeless guy at the park that nobody seemed to have any problems with. Everybody, except there was, I counted, there were 37 people at the park yesterday. I I don't know if because the weather was nice and it's the last, you know, day before school starts or whatever. But lots of parents and kids at the park yesterday. And uh, Henry and I went over. There was one other dad without a mask. Every child had a mask on. Every adult, but one and me. And every child had a mask on at the park yesterday. And um has has there been
1: any information that the delta variant spreads more readily outdoors in the wind?
0: As far as American? I know, it still has not been one case documented of covid spreading outdoors, but regardless, that gives you an idea of uh where people are in terms of their feeling at least around Myburg. So, a couple of weeks ago, I had looked Jenkins, into getting a
1: Yes, breathing the air, no. Okay,
0: right. Great, I great. almost wanted to climb up on the slide and say You see the crazy guy right there that's like 10 feet away from your little tiny child who's talking to yourself with his big bag of stuff and dirty, and he slept on that park bench last night. I know because I walked my dog over here last night. By the way, he's got the nicest park bench in the park, under the tree, best location. All your kids with masks on are playing just feet away from a guy who's clearly out of his mind on drugs or or mental illness or whatever, and you have no concern about it but you have masks on for all your kids. So here's the deal. Um, I can document in my state alone in the last year, a handful of homeless people attacking people's stories. And those are just the ones that made the news. There are probably a hundred of them. I can't document a single COVID spreading case. So your concern about your kids having a mask on, but not worried about the crazy homeless person is completely backwards. Following data.
1: Hey, hey, Mussolini, get off the slide. The kids want to play.
0: I got to admit, that would be a (laughs) weird thing to do to climb up on the slide and give that speech. But just from a statistical things you need to be afraid of standpoint, it was so weird. You're protecting yourself from, I think, a non-existent thing to be afraid of, but no concern from something that actually is something you need to be worried about. There are a couple of stories about
1: science that I want to get into a little bit later on. And one of them is about how the the understanding of all this has been so imperfect and so rapidly evolving. Um, and, and it's in the New York Times of all places. But it, it illustrates so beautifully why the whole we're going to follow the science or you're a science denier or whatever is such an idiotic and belligerent you know thing to argue. Um, but the, the other Armstrong one, and Getty show, idiotic and belligerent. But the other one is is so soaked in. It's an article about genetics and, and like uh, capability and talent and uh, and and just uh, personality characteristics and it's so soaked in people who are afraid but if we study that it might result in eugenics again or racism or selective breeding or Nazis and it's just it's and it just goes back to that over and over and over again and it's so obvious that people's emotions and their their socio-political attitudes are are this thick distorted lens through which they look at science. They're just, they're, the attitude
0: of people and their, their politics is such an influence in the way they perceive the world. So, um, again, we're home because we got exposed to somebody with COVID and we don't know if we have it or not. Um, so we're all on, uh, uh, cameras here so we can see each other. Michael, are you wearing a shirt? Something about the color of your shirt, assuming you're wearing one and the lighting looks like you're bare chested. Yes, are you?
1: I am bare chested today because I finally could do it when, with you guys out of studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I used to work with a DJ that was bare chested every day. Um, what was his name? The Nasty Man. Chuck Nasty. He was the, uh, the afternoon guy at Q104 Kansas City when it was the hottest radio station, one of the best radio stations in America, and he was like this super hot disc jockey. But anyway, he was like super buff steroid dude, and he would, he would do his shift shirtless and oiled up, just like super fired up. All right, everybody. It's a blah, blah, blah. Wow. Wow, he was a big deal. That's so crazy. <laughs> the nasty man. <laughs> he was shirtless and shiny in the control room. Back before you could see anybody. It's not like there were webcams or anything.
1: Yeah, so today anyway. I'm shirtless, boxers, black socks. So, <laughs> that's all. So Fantastic. would he like would he do it standing up, or was the yeah. chair like yeah. all
0: Vaseline-y when he was? Just, he no, down? he was he was standing. He was oh, way dear. too animated to sit down. Uh like me. Um oh, one thing on the, the testing. So where I live I had been talking about for like the last year and a half, they have this unbelievable testing system set up. And anytime I got a test, you could log on. And there were there were openings every two minutes all day long from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at, at several locations and 100 employees at each location. at I think $18 an hour, I heard. And I thought, geez, what is this costing us? You know, standing this around doing nothing. Standing around doing nothing because every time I went and got a test, there was not a human being around other than the people getting paid. Every time I went and got a test, and I probably did it a half dozen times over the over the last year. Well, when I found out I got exposed to COVID, I went on the on the website to try to get a test, and they were booked solid. Through tomorrow. And Mm. so something has changed, whether it's the reality of the amount of COVID around or people's concern about it. Something really changed about people's wanting to get uh, tested and concerned about it. Like I said, every human being from two year old to six year old had a mask on at the park yesterday. Where I live, I realize where you live might not have been anybody wearing a mask in the last six months. No, as a matter of fact, no. We see one occasionally in my hood,
1: but just occasionally. Yeah, I got the uh, clear up into the brain COVID test uh, the other day. And, uh, it, it didn't hurt exactly, but it had a definite don't touch me
0: there feeling to it. Like, yeah, d- there should
1: be no human in there. <laughs> don't,
0: I'm don't do that. Trying to avoid that test. I want to do the spit in a cup test. Which I don't think is as accurate, but I don't think I get that. We'll we'll have to talk about this later. Uh, Again, for the 1,000th time I was going through the various COVID symptoms, I have 90% of them every day of my life. (laughs) That's the problem with all diseases. Fatigue, muscle ache, confusion. Yeah, I got all that. (laughs) Headache. (laughs) Don't want to go to work.
1: Right. People piss you off. Is that a symptom?
0: (laughs) Frequent urination. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: As a friend of mine
0: said over the weekend, you've got calendaritis. It's the number of days you've been alive is what your symptom is. So um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's it's brainy today. Very intellectual. Wow. Like that. A cerebral mailbag. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
1: Armstrong.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. There was a firefight at the Kabul airport today, this morning their time, with Americans, Germans, and Taliban. I guess they think somebody died. Yeah, somebody um, was sniping at uh, some of our guys or our Afghan allies, and we returned fire. And uh, yep, yeah, I take all of those details with a an enormous grain of salt i mean it's from the kabul airport early after it happened so who knows what the freak happened but the opportunity for that sort of thing to occur on a on a high level with lots of dead people continues to exist we'll give you an update on that coming up but it is still most of the reporters have gotten out because it got too dangerous clarissa ward she finally got out got a story about how her cameraman um got attacked by a Taliban, and that's when they made the decision to they, they push their luck far enough. Wow. All the reporters are out now. They're all reporting from various locations where the refugees are going, but they're not there at the Kabul airport, for the most part. Yikes. Yikes. Here's your freedom-loving quote of
1: the day, sent along by uh, my old buddy Mike the Lawyer. It's from Henry Hazlitt. I've seen this quote many times, but uh, it's a good one. The whole gospel of Karl Marx can be summed up in a single sentence. Hate the man who is better off than you are. Never under any circumstances admit that his success may be due to his own efforts, to the productive contribution he's made to the whole community. Always attribute his success to the exploitation, the cheating, the more or less open robbery of others. Never under any circumstances admit that your own failure may be owing to your own weakness, or that the failure of anyone else may be due to their own weakness, his laziness, incompetence, improvidence, or stupidity.
0: I don't want to take up all the mailbag time on this, but... We did a podcast about the book Heaven on Earth, which is all about Marxism and Karl Marx and everything like that. He was a freaking loser. He crafted a a philosophy that has taken over half the world purely because he was a loser. He had to craft a philosophy that fit with why he had to live with his parents and then off of his friends and then off of his wife without ever earning a dollar himself. That's all he did. He crafted a philosophy to cover his own loserness. It was an excuse
1: masquerading in yeah. the philosophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing it's <laughs> caught hold. Unbelievable. Mailbag. Got a lot of good uh, responses to our discussion of the vaccine and externalities and viruses and that sort of thing. And we ought to delve into that at some point uh, today. But uh, other stuff first. Amani writes, when Biden was elected, I thought he was slipping a bit. I might not be totally up to meeting the duties required of the president. I never thought it would actually get to the disaster level. Uh, da, da, da. It looks like we might be seeing the early days of the worst case scenario unfolding. I'm hiking into the mountains for the next couple of days and will be cut off from global and national news. I don't know if I should be excited or horrified by the prospect of what might be happening when I emerge from full news blackout mode humanitarian meltdown at the Kabul airport. China surrounding Taiwan. Video leaking of the president's staff trying to tap talk him down off the table because he thinks he's Blackbeard the pirate standing (laughs) on the deck of his ship. I feel like something major in a bad way could happen any day. Am I Um, just being paranoid? No, you're not being paranoid.
0: Normally, I would say, uh, checking out a media for a couple of days, you won't miss anything. You'll come back and they'll be arguing about Trump or whatever. But the way things are going right now, who knows what You'd miss in three days
1: here, here, Scott in beautiful Danville, California, pointing out what others have. It seems the same people demanding proof of vaccination are also decrying voter ID as discriminatory. I wonder what they'll say when someone suggests requiring proof of vaccination to vote. (laughs) Their heads will explode. Scott. (laughs) That'll be a tough one for a lot of people. That'll be a tough one for a lot of people, especially considering the population's not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. All those fine black and Hispanic voters who don't want to take the jab. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, then we got this about the California recall of Gavin Newsolini. You guys need to address the fraud going on in the recall election. Some counties are sending return envelopes that have holes punched right where the yes is on the ballot. Now, that's either true or it's not true or they observed it themselves or they just well, read it on the Internet. I've or seen
0: whatnot. a couple of videos that certainly make it look true. Of course, I could have been misled by the videos. But there are there are a number of videos out there, people saying, no, look, this is my ballot. I'm opening it right now. Here, This is it. This is, see the hole? That's just complete, utter we'll have, nonsense. We'll have to talk about that more later. Yeah.
1: Well, that's insidious if it's true. I mean, you want to talk about a loss of faith in, in the electoral process. Uh, let's see. We're down to 30 seconds. Uh, comatose Timmy, longtime listener, explains that he feels like there's about a 1% chance there's something funky in the vaccine. Just 1%, though. But there's just like barely a tenth of a percent chance that he'll get seriously sick from COVID. Mm. So he just thinks, I'm eh, just balancing risk. Like it would not unreasonable.
0: seem that some of the vaccine, at least the Pfizer, is going to get the full FDA approval today. That's interesting. Armstrong
1: and Getty. The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show. President Biden, in his remarks on on Friday, said three things that were demonstrably, provably untrue. Al Qaeda is gone yeah. from Afghanistan. That's not true. We haven't been criticized by our allies. That's not true. Americans can make it to the airport without being harassed. That's not true. I mean, he seems to have lost touch with reality, and I mean, that's a huge are problem. Every- that's Steve Hayes of The Dispatch uh, yesterday on Meet the Press. So we went off the air right before the president spoke on Friday, which was unfortunate because it ended up being uh, quite the interesting little deal to ex- to discuss, as you heard there. Um, maybe you followed at the time. The president said a number of things that, I mean, it's not just you could interpret it a different way or that spin. He just stated things that were flat out the opposite of true. and And he got called on it by the major networks. Right. I mean, it was it was like, you know, Trump at the at the height when the networks uh, would would turn on him when he'd give a speech. I mean, immediately I was watching ABC. They immediately went to the ground, said, well, let's go to our reporter in Kabul. You know, Jim, I don't remember whose name it was at the time. And uh, no, that's not true. That's just not true. What the president just said. We're at a weird time in american history because when i was a kid the president did not speak and immediately walter cronkite or dan rather said what the president just said is not true
1: <laughs> i mean well and that uh, that commentary that uh, response was absolutely universal you could not find a media outlet that wasn't saying that right and then you know if you didn't see the speech the president also was slurry as he often is uh, had the permanent Semi angry or annoyed look on his face that I understand is characteristic sometimes of, of Alzheimer's. Um, it just, it was overall, what's the opposite of confidence inspiring? It was, it was worrisome, highly worrisome.
0: I could, we got some more on that um, uh, from the talk shows yesterday, but as I was listening to the speech or watching Biden on Friday, I thought, what is he talking about? I mean, there were a couple yeah. of things where I thought, okay, maybe he's got, you know, better information than the rest of the world on a couple of things but on, on a few of them like al-qaeda is gone it's like what wow nobody is reporting that dude nobody is reporting al-qaeda is gone and al-qaeda is in over half the provinces in afghanistan and that's been reported for a long time oh and then the other part of it was immediately after the president finished his pentagon spokesman got up there and said the opposite of what the president said right Right. What is the communication between the Pentagon and the White House that the Pentagon would get up there and say, uh, people are having trouble getting to the, uh, the airport. Al Qaeda is in the country. Like, what is happening here? Well, and then there was a State Department briefing later on in the day in
1: which they directly contradicted the president, too, which was uh, notable. Uh, Why don't we... Oh, 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 and then... um, Oh, I'm sorry. I knew I had something else. Not only is al-Qaeda lousy all over Afghanistan. I mean, they're everywhere, but there's a new branch of ISIS, a new offshoot of ISIS now. They're calling it ISIS-K, which sounds like the world's worst breakfast cereal. I don't want it. (laughs) So yeah, now it's, it's more just, raisins. <laughs> it's oh Lord! Uh, now with more subjugation of women, we need uh, to throw anyway.
0: in. We need to throw in probably every break we do. If we sound weird, it's because we're at home because we got right. exposed to COVID at work. Uh, we won't say who the uh, the dirty lousy covered in COVID employee was that exposed us to this all, but we got exposed to COVID perhaps. And uh, until we all get tested, we can, we can't be at work. So we're we're in our bedrooms. We probably got that's right. You read my mind, Michael. I was thinking we really ought to be using our
1: coronavirus alarm. Since, you know. <laughs>
0: coronavirus!
1: The uh, Wuhan lab fever has infiltrated the team. Anyway, so uh, poor Anthony Blinken. The Secretary of State was sent uh, to make the rounds, including on Fox News Sunday yesterday, in which he was called to... Uh, explain the president's fabrications, he had the look of a man going to the gallows. uh, And and I, I sympathized in a way because he was being asked to defend the indefensible. And uh, as good a verbal tap dancer as he is, he struggled, as you might expect. Uh, Chris Wallace and Anthony Blinken, let's start with 41. And Mr. Secretary, I, I, the, the presi- the, sir, the president please. said al-Qaeda is gone. Simple question. Is al-Qaeda gone from, Pakistan- uh, from Afghanistan?
0: Al-Qaeda's capacity uh, to do what it did on 9-11, to attack us, to attack our partners or allies uh, from Afghanistan, is vastly, vastly diminished. Yeah. Is it gone? Are there are there al-Qaeda uh, members and uh, and remnants in Afghanistan? Yes. But what the president was referring to was its mm-hmm. capacity to do what it did on 9-11. And that capacity has been very successfully
1: diminished. Um, the capacity to buy airline tickets and brandish
0: box cutters. Uh, I don't think that capacity has been diminished, really. And that's not what the president said anyway. He just flat out stated that al-Qaeda is gone. We, we went to Afghanistan to get al-Qaeda out of the country. Al-Qaeda is gone. So we've accomplished our mission. We don't need to be there anymore. And. Everybody, including his own State Department and Pentagon, says that's not true. Ian Bremer tweeted after the speech, and uh, we talked to Ian last week, President Biden has damaged his credibility. Now in a speech in a press conference, he's made statements that just do not correspond with his own previous statements and the reality of what's on the ground in Afghanistan, which is a very nice, wordy journalist way of saying the president's either lost or flat-out lying. I actually don't know which one it is
1: well and it's in an, uh, those are some odd choices to lie about too and and it's completely inartful because you can spin that sort of thing easier al qaeda while they may have a vestigial presence in afghanistan has been devastated blah 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 now that's arguable maybe that's an overstatement maybe it's not but to claim they're gone is just idiotic or senile here's clip 42 Here is another statement that the President made that was flat wronged. I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've got the exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch, we're acting, committing to what we said we would do. But Armin Laschet, the likely successor to German Chancellor Merkel, said this is the biggest debacle that NATO has seen since its foundation. And here is the chairman of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. To see their commander-in-chief. Call into question the courage of men I fought with mm. to claim that they ran. It's shameful. Yeah. Those who have never fought for the colors they fly should be careful about criticizing those who have. All right. So there was mild
0: criticism. <laughs> the greatest debacle in the history of NATO. That's so criticism. again... Is Biden trying to spin or lie about a story, or is he just not know? Chris Wallace, in effect, asks that question, and Blinken
1: responds with a verbal tap dance. One more clip, and then we'll discuss forty-three. Mister Secretary, does the president not know what's going on?
0: This is an incredibly emotional time uh, for for many of us, uh, and including allies and partners. That's a weird response uh i've spent more yeah, time you didn't ask if the NATO president was sad Brussels, <laughs> virtually uh from before the president made his decision to when he made his decision okay, so to every it salad. so you can very, cut that off michael cool. um so yeah. if 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 you're working for the president of the united states and somebody asks you does the president know what's going on you have to say yes you have to answer that yes that would be a good place to start yeah. you can't start into a long look, this is a very emotional time for everybody. No, that makes it look like you're covering for Grandpa or your husband or whoever who doesn't quite have their act together anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I, I can't come
1: up with an alternative explanation other than Blinken is an honest enough guy. He felt compelled to tap dance as opposed to saying, of course he does. president's fully aware of what's going on these are these are questions of interpretation chris but no he he wouldn't even go there
0: why why do you think he wouldn't go there why wouldn't he just flat out say yes the president knows what's going on because i think he's i think he's meetings behind the scenes well yes i'll bet they are
1: i'll bet they are i think he wants to preserve his credibility I don't think he wants to have a tape out there, a video for the rest of his life, where three days before the president's committed to the the, the, the asylum, he's claiming that he's perfectly uh, fit.
0: Wow, that, that I, three day timeline is uh, yeah, it's possible that'll change. But. I do. Do people remember what the world was like pre Trump? I mean, because all through four years of Trump, it got to be so common for him to make statements or give speeches or whatever. And then, you know, people in the media to call him a liar or question what he was saying. Exactly that we've gotten used to it. But this didn't used to happen when Barack Obama talked. Or George Bush talked, there's no way that immediately on one of the network newscasts, they'd say, What the president just said is completely not true. I mean, they just, that would never, ever happen. And as
1: amazing as that is, the fact that his own cabinet got up and contradicted him within hours—well, they—they were clarifying, they were walking back. No, they were saying the president has no idea what he's talking about. This is this
0: is a crazy time, man. I, I have, and again, I, I, we all have to guess as to what's going on. Is the president just like doing the worst job of spinning a bad situation ever, or is he just lost?
1: I. I can't imagine how he would claim that al-qaeda is gone from afghanistan
0: how would he say um he flat out stated no americans are having any problem getting to the airport that was the story all week long how did he say that
1: yeah i know i know that's worrisome
0: again does he think that did somebody tell him that is he make is he just like fabricating things in his own old man head Or does he? uh, Part part of it, I think, is because he's ancient. He still thinks he is operating in a world like when LBJ was president, and all people had the only access to information we had was tomorrow's newspaper and the evening newscast. And you could you could spin any situation you wanted. There was no way to know the truth. Does he not realize? um, I've got my phone here. I am watching a live report from Kabul as you talk. All right, so I can see what's happening there. And it's different <laughs> than what you're saying. Does he not get that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think that, that
1: Biden's always been a fabulous. He always he tells stories. He makes things up. He elevates his place in his graduating in his class. He th- th- invents uh, credentials and, and and awards and stuff like that. And I said, hey, Esther. When you when you get a guy like that into uh, a significant, uh, you know stage of cognitive decline, you get spouting nonsense. You get wild claims that are immediately, immediately, uh, you know, sunk. They're immediately contradicted. Uh, He just he I, I just think it's his personality plus his senility. Now
0: we've we've gone off the deep end. We'll have to talk about this more again later in the show. Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, made some strong statements about it, but we've got plenty of uh, other things we can talk of course, about. The deep end, I must remind you, is where the diving board was, where Corn Pop
1: stood, uh, hair netless.
0: Well, Corn Pop was <laughs> a bad
1: dude, bathing capless, which was a clear violation of the and rules I and ranks of and the, I uh, said, the municipal pool.
0: Hey Esther, which is an mm. Esther Williams shot, <laughs> yes. Which... Very few people alive on Earth would understand. I well, apologize
1: was, for that. That was good <laughs> enough to slice each other with knives and, th- and wrap the uh, chains around each other's knives. <laughs> Remember the straight race? You'd bang them on the curb? No. Sure.
0: No, no I good know. Times. But I'm going to wrap
1: this chain around your head.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> he you, sir. W- he won, that guy. Um, yeah. So our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Love to hear from you. we got plenty of stuff to talk about today. Broadcasting from home because we were exposed to COVID. So that's that. I didn't think in August of 2021 we would still be dealing with this, but we certainly are. And, man, schools are going back into session. My oldest has first day today. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm less optimistic about them being able to stay in the classroom this year than I was last year by a lot. In fact, I don't think it's possible. I think it's just a matter of days, like this week, One kid gets it, and then so then we're back to Zoom.
1: I think it's going to be an on-again, off-again proposition probably for the whole year. You know,
0: in school, out of school, in school, out of school. Imagine how hard that would be to go back and forth between in-person and Zoom. That would be harder than just being in Zoom. I I think so, yeah. Um,
1: My my youngster, my youngest kid who's 21, she has her first full-time postgraduate gig. And I think she's been into the office twice since she got the job.
0: And she's been working there for months now. That's so weird. And her so supervisors not, in another state and to crazy. have not been around those people and like going out to eat and drink, you know, four times a week and that sort of stuff when you're young and wow, that's something. Right. Yeah, just crazy. Uh speaking of crazy, a couple of things next hour to
1: get to the rapidly shifting state of science on the COVID and the role that plays in in people just not knowing exactly what to believe. Plus uh, is it
0: possible to be born lucky? Science is studying the question. I also want to. I was reading about Vietnam over the weekend and came across some great stuff that explains exactly how we ended up being so misled in Afghanistan. And we all need to turn our attention how, to how we don't allow that to happen again, to where we're all just like completely in the dark about what's happening in a major yeah. foreign involvement. Yeah, the
1: particulars in Afghanistan are really, really interesting. What's unfolding right now is uh, is, is scary, potentially horrifying. It's incredibly important, et cetera. But th- just the general lessons we can take from Afghanistan and Vietnam, those are things we really need to, you know, maybe write down with ink and then tuck away <laughs> somewhere so we can check them. Next time we need them, we got them. Yeah, put a post-it on the fridge about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, speaking of craziness, did you follow the Rolling Street battle in Portland Sunday? Beautiful downtown Portland. It's about six o'clock in the evening. Normal people are grabbing a little bite to eat or, or enjoying sixty minutes or what have you. You're polishing. You got
0: Birkenstocks,
1: and you and you got your. <laughs> You're proud boys, and of course, the Guardian, which I'm looking at, uh, says they identify the two sides as proud boys and anti-fascists. When the so-called anti-fascists are the most fascisty fascists who've ever fascists since 1945. <laughs> I mean, they are fascists. But anyway, so you got this rolling, it's, it's, it's tragic comic, really. This rolling brawl where they're just whacking each other with bats and, and punching each other in the face. Just clouds of, me, of uh, pepper spray in the air. Uh, people kicking each other in the junk, wearing uh, from wow. Captain America outfits to the all black of the Antifa. That's just not very Portlandly getting kicked in the junk yeah i know it i know it so it uh, they describe it as a chaotic running street battle that lasted for the better part of the hour proud boys discharging rounds from airsoft guns while anti-fascists threw firework munitions at their opponents and then at some point one of the guys on the proud Boys side allegedly ducked behind a mailbox and, and opened fire
0: with a handgun now i watched that video from like 10 different angles it sure looked like a real, or it looked and sounded like a real gun, but it could have been an airsoft gun, I guess. But it was awful loud. And then allegedly, a bunch of the black-clad
1: fascists unleashed their weapons and returned fire. And the police, who had been completely absent from this entire fracas, from a well,
0: one-hour street battle, like it's the Erps and the Daltons or whoever that was, um, gangs of New York, yeah. <laughs> so that just happens for an hour in Portland before the police get there. How does that work? You had
1: vehicles being overturned, tires being slashed, people being dragged out of vehicles and beaten. Various chants going on, and and the cops just thought, you know what? And and hey, Portland PD, I get it, I get it. These guys want to beat the hell out of each other in the
0: street. Yeah, but can you, you gotta, gonna get you the dumb bastards? Those neighborhoods, you know, are full of shops and people's apartments and stuff like that. I I shouldn't yeah. have to stay in my home on a beautiful Sunday evening because we can't go. I'd love to play catch. We can't go outside. There's a roving street battle going on. So too the much shooting, ju- Jimmy. And the police are just going to let it play out. So uh, uh, yeah. can we get Antifa and Proud Boys into a stadium and like schedule a particular time? It'd be the biggest pay-per-view event of all time. Wow. Wow. Well, that's more or less what happens because they each announced that uh, they're going to have a rally. This
1: was the uh, peace and love or choose love rally, they called it or something like that. (laughs) But the Proud Boys know Antifa is going to show up and and it's on. Of course. Uh, Police Chief Chuck Lavelle uh, responded, blah, blah, blah. As the chief stated before the event today, people should keep themselves apart and avoid physical confrontation. We may make arrests in the future. But until then, as you were beating the hell out of each other spraying each other with
0: chemicals and whacking each other over the heads with bats. I was surprised the guy that ducked behind the mailbox and was firing off shots. There were so many people that were kind of, you know, they kind of hid, but they were—they had their phones out. They weren't, like, super concerned. Ho-hum. Another day in Portland. Strong
1: and Getty.